Episode 21 of the No Block, No Rock podcast. Michael, hit us with that Javi's Taco information. Javi's Tacos. If you haven't been there, they have two locations. One in Lakeside Plaza. The other one on 180th and Q Street here in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, This week I want to tell you about online ordering. If you want to save a trip inside, not wait in line, just give them an order online at Omaha.com, And then uh, just order right there. So, yeah. We teased this. Last week, we were able to get a very special guest for this episode, Johnny freaking Rogers. Johnny the Jet. Johnny the Jet. We talked about name, image, likeness. We talked about the current state of the Husker program. We talked about uh, now. We talked now, about now, right now, now. Right now. So, uh, we'll just cut to that interview right now, and uh, we hope you enjoy it is an absolute honor and pleasure to have Heisman Trophy winner, two-time national champion, any accolade that you can come up with a college football player, this guy has won it. Mr. Johnny Rogers, we want to thank you for taking time out to join the No Block, No Rock podcast. All right. What about ass kick a booty whooper? <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> but hey, for our first question... Uh, I'll turn it over to Mike. We're going to go to a, a pretty modern topic, and we want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, so so thanks again, Johnny, for joining us. Uh, so they are going to be dropping any day now this name, image, and likeness. I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Do you think college athletes should get compensated for their name, image, and likeness? I know that it was, it was probably a different time back when you played in the 70s, but do you think – did you ever want to get paid for – for your, your work that you did on the field and off the field? I mean, do you think that these college athletes should be able to compensate from it? Yes, I, I always want to get paid whenever I do work. Yeah. <laughs> I volunteer projects, but the, the work, the type of work that you do on the field is uh, definitely the type of work that you need to be getting paid for. And it's a travesty that everybody gets paid but the people that people are coming to see. I mean, they're not coming to see uh, the coaches. Uh, the fans are not coming to see the, the trainers. Uh, the people are coming to see the players. And the players are performing and they're taking time out before, during, and after the game in order to get prepare themselves for it. So it only makes sense to me. It's just modern-day slavery that you don't get paid when you work as hard as you do on the, and off the field uh, to prepare, uh, prepare for uh, world-class performances. Exactly. And, and do you think that this could open up a can of worms with maybe some, some dirty recruiting, et cetera? I think Nebraska is going to be at the benefit of being of this name, image, and likeness. I think there's enough people around here that could support these athletes with their name, image, and likeness. But do you think that this could turn into some, some dirty recruiting or anything like that? Or do you think it's kind of just it, it'll, it'll happen and it'll be fine? Or what do you think? Well, I think if everybody's getting paid, there's nothing to be dirty about. Everybody's actually getting compensated. I think where the dirty recruiting comes in is because it's just ludicrous that you have to sneak a dinner or a ride, and, and you can you can get penalized uh, for something so small as that. That's that's where you know, make people have to do something in order to get something when they when they actually deserve what they're asking for. Um, and you got millions and millions and millions of dollars going around, and you can't get. So people that are performing can't get anything. Something's wrong with that. Absolutely. Well, and like, just to add to that, I, I saw a video of Nick Saban taking some players out to his ranch. And it's like, I saw someone comment that it looked like a plantation. And it's like, 
he's he's getting these millions of dollars. And, you know, he can up and leave anytime he wants. And meanwhile, these players are not getting paid anything. And I just thought it was a, a very vivid comparison for someone to say it kind of looked like a plantation because he's profiting millions of dollars off of these players that aren't making anything. Well, so. Not just Nick, but all the coaches that are getting paid, Scott, Nick, <laughs> Devaney, Osborne, anybody who's getting paid, if they're putting the players put into work should get paid. And if they can't find a way to actually um, – to get the money directly, uh, let's say they put it in, a, put money for them in a trust. Uh, that all the guys on the on the team are going to be and have money that's going to come out, and a certain amount is going to come out every be vested every year for the four years or so that they're there. And uh, while they're there, uh, because they're having money, I think it would be an opportunity for them to learn how money works. So when they do go to the pros, they'll be have an understanding of money and the value of money and how to work money. And so it could be a benefit for them to follow their, their uh, accounts uh, that they do have their money and that's, that they're getting their stipends for uh, to help educate them on what's coming up for them. So that because of the NCAA violations where you don't have any money at all, uh, and then you finally do get some money, you're so excited, then you blow it all. Because <laughs> you have, you have no <laughs> right. idea of the value of the money because you have had no money. Uh, for, <laughs> so it's just a travesty. So there's a lot of different ways to be beneficial, but there's no kind of way at all that you should work and have no compensation. Everybody compensa gets compensated off of your back and you don't get anything. Well, and it's not like these athletes have time to have regular jobs either. Like this is their job. They're going to school. They're, their, they're taking classes full time and they're, they're a full time athlete, you know. A lot of times you have athletes have to skip classes that could benefit them because it's, it's during practice time. So yeah. they can't take a major uh, that could, they might want to take because it gets in the way of uh, the football practices or, or the workout times, uh, you know, or your training time. Uh, there's a lot of things. Uh, football is a job. It's a job. So there's a lot of times that you can't get other things because you're, you're at work at your job on the field. Right. And you, you kind of touched on it, um, you know, talking about like education and like financial literacy, right? Like one of the big topics that comes up with this whole thing is this is going to create like a financial nightmare, having all these kids making, you know, all this money and stuff while they're in college and not teaching them what to do with it. You know, it's a, it's a story as old as time talking about all the pros that make all the money and then they blow it and then they've got nothing after they get done with football. So, yeah. yeah. The reason why they blow it is because they don't have any education on it at all. For those four years that they're, that they're going, they don't have any training at all. They don't they make it even mandatory to take any kind of classes as far as money is concerned to get you ready. Because if they did, they'd know how bad they're getting cheated. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of ironic. You know, Mike said it earlier about how these athletes like don't have time for a job. I think having a job is actually a violation of some sort because it's like extra income from somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could have jobs uh, during the summertime, uh, off season. I had jobs uh, um, <clears throat> off season. So that's, that's not necessarily a violation during uh, off season. Uh, during the season, you just don't have time. Yeah, right. exactly. There'd be no way in the world that you can actually do it. You, the, and that's why they do give you some money. They do give you food, but you're working for food. <laughs> if you're working for food, that's slavery. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, now that we talked about NIL, um, I think we'll move on to the game of the century. Um, as you are very well aware, this year is going to be the 50th anniversary. You yourself played a pretty prominent role in that game. 
And it kind of came out a few months ago that it looked like Nebraska was getting cold feet, so to speak, and might have been trying to get out of the game versus OU. Um, I know you had some quotes in the paper that came out and were the subject of some Twitter headlines or whatever, but I just kind of wanted to get a more nuanced opinion on what you've what you have to say about that issue. Is it embarrassing for Nebraska as it, that's my opinion? I just kind of want your thoughts on that. And that whole well, I, I remember last year when the pandemic first came out and they started canceling games and, and changing schedules and, and, uh, and, and, and people were losing opportunity to play. Um, and Scott and, and Bill uh, Moose both came out and said that we wanted to play anybody, anytime, anywhere. We just want to play the game. And then the very next uh, year, it comes out that we're trying to get out of playing uh, Oklahoma because possibly we were not in a position to win the game. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the nice way to put it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a sugar coating. We, we didn't really want to, to win that. Now, this, uh, for us, this is a very important time because it is the 50th anniversary of what they actually called the game of the century. And the thing that we want to do as far as recruiting is concerned, I think at all points and all times, it should be that we think and believe with all our hearts that we have an opportunity to win, that we are taking the steps during our training and our education and our conditioning that we are always capable of winning the game. And for us to, 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 to feel that we can't participate and we can't win a game when we don't want to play, I don't think that's the type of an attitude mentally that we want to send forth to our guys because that's not going to help us in recruiting whatsoever. And we're only going to be as good as the guys that we're going to be able to recruit. Right now, we have more guys leaving than we have guys coming in. Yeah. So right. that, it's going to it's come kind of a time. Uh, I think right now we are, our record is maybe like 12 wins and 20 losses over the last uh, four, three years. Yeah, that's Frost's record. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the record? Yes, sir. Not a good record. No. <laughs> so you played for Bob Devaney. When when you played for Bob and you were playing in a game like the game of the century, you know, is, is there like a, a certain mentality or a certain way that they would get you ready for this game? So, I, I mean, I don't think you were ever underdogs like Nebraska is probably going to be in this game. But is, is there anything – that a coach like the Bob Devaney would tell you guys to get you kind of extra motivated or in your playing career in general, is there any extra motivation you had to take for a game that you were heavily not favored to win? Well, I don't think that we ever needed extra motivation. I think that we might've believed that we need to do extra training. Uh, we need to physically do, do extra work uh, in our conditioning uh, we need to, to get closer together to where we would, you know, with our coaches, we'd rather slide bare ass on a razor blade than to disappoint uh, Coach Devaney or Osborne. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we were really, it, it, was, it was unthinkable for us to, when we did lose a couple of games during my career and we were totally surprised and shocked because we really didn't believe that anybody could beat us. And things come to you as you believe. If you believe you can or if you believe you can't, Whatever you believe, you're probably going to be right. And we took the steps uh, to be in world-class condition. We, we, we tried, or as creative as we could do, we supported one another. 
Um, I mean, we, we worked harder after practice than we did during practices. So our practices went on for a long period of time. And, and we were uh, lucky enough to come along at a time where Boyd Epley uh, came along through our weight training. So we were able to be very well conditioned to be physically strong. Uh, so we were prepared. Uh, um, and, and because of uh, Coach Osborne's creativity as far as the pro and the spread were concerned, uh, we were really uh, ready. Uh, Coach Devaney's leadership skills uh, for his coaches and that transferred down to us as well, that we just believed that we were prepared to win. And so, you know, you can get beat, but uh, you'd really have to beat us. We weren't ever going to be in a position to beat ourselves by making uh, penalties or offsides or something stupid where we really weren't organized uh, because we came, we, we, we were working hard for free when working for food, <laughs> we, want, we wanted to win the game. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and that's something That's something obviously like nowadays, it's something that is like a trademark for Nebraska is just constantly beating yourself, game in and game out. Like well, the uncontrollable no penalties and just, yeah. No unity. I mean, <clears throat> I, I think that uh, when I, in the game of the century, if you guys trace it back, I think we had one penalty in the whole game, and that was the offsides against us. In the whole darn game, Oklahoma right. didn't get any penalties, and we just had one because we understood the value of not making the mistakes and not beating yourself, so we, we just didn't do it. How do you correct that? You know, this has been a problem, even beyond Scott, Coach Scott Frost, of, of just beating yourselves and making those mental errors. How do you coach that out of somebody? You know, you mentioned – uh, Bob Devaney and, and Tom Osborne, you'd sit on razor blades before you disappoint those guys. How do you, how do you break that, that mental error? Like, like we've been doing the last almost 10 years. Well, I think it really comes out of repetition. And, and, and also, you know, you really, the guy next to you is about the, the, the most important guys, you know, and you don't want to, 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 to let down the guys that you're playing with the guys that are right next to you as well. And that they, they, I mean, if you're, you play a little harder, if I know if I'm going to let you down, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, it would be so embarrassing to, to, to what's going to happen. I remember a couple of times, maybe once or twice where somebody might've, and it hardly didn't happen enough. I even remember where I run an 80 yard punt return back and somebody clipped. <laughs> <It didn't happen. laughs> don't hit him in the back. Right. That's <laughs> that big a deal. But you have to really want to. You have to really be a close-knit group where you guys are actually, us guys are actually playing together. We're playing for each other. It really means something to us. I think at that particular time in history, we probably um, had more guys go to the pros than any other time in history because we all played together for each other and we just played as a unit. Uh, and so you can't you can't play as a unit. Everybody take a turn at making mistakes. Right. Um, and I just kind of want to go back a little bit to trying to cancel the game. And I want to kind of connect it to Coach Frost. You know, we got Coach Frost from UCF, of course. And when we were getting this guy, we were kind of the, under the impression that we were getting a no-nonsense, kind of a hard-nosed dude. And he did – you know, kind of talk about playing in Uzbekistan if we had to. Did this whole scenario with OU kind of change your opinion on him at all? Does it kind of make you look at him kind of with a, with a glance, like skeptical? 
because it has for me personally. So uh, I don't know if you feel the same way. I just kind of want your thoughts on that too. Well, I don't really think it ever should have happened. I don't know if he's responsible or Bill is responsible or them together are responsible, but they have to take on the responsibility because they're the coach and the athletic director, and it really shouldn't happen. We do not want to be known as a team or a school or a program that evades competition. We are the competition. Right, yeah. <laughs> Everybody got to get ready for us. I mean, and I don't care whoever it is, whoever shows up gets it. And right. that's that attitude that we have to have for them uh, because our we're not human beings. We're humans becoming. And we can get, get as great as the rest of them can. And we got to have our guys think that we're preparing them for the best teams in the world because we're one of the best teams in the world. And we're, we're great human beings and we're, we're coaching you to be professionals. We're coaching you to get taking your, your game to the next level. And it's going to come around because of the teamwork. Because anything you can do by yourself ain't big enough. Teamwork makes your dreams work. You don't win Heisman trophies by yourself or national championships by yourself. <laughs> you don't take it to the next level by yourself. It's always in conjunction with others that you make your greatest accomplishments and teamwork truly does make your dreams work. You got to work together. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of goes into, you know, like winning the Heisman, taking it back to, to those days is, you know, you were the first wide receiver to win. So kind of like what are your memories surrounding that? far as like being the first wide receiver to win. And then um, we also were curious, are, are, are there like annual like get togethers? Like, are there any like perks to, you know, winning a Heisman after the fact? Oh, well, we have a Heisman ceremony every single year. And yeah. so we get together every single year. I think maybe we didn't get together in person last year because of COVID. But other than that, uh, we have a whole week of festivities every single year uh, in, in New York City uh, to welcome our new winners uh, in. Uh, but for the, um, what was your question now that you'd ask me again? Yeah. So you, you were the first wide receiver to, to win right, right. the Heisman. Yeah. So kind of like, what do you remember about that? And you know, what kind of what stuck out? Well, stuck I, out? I, I just remember that my team, I, like I said, you don't do things by yourself. It was because of my team and their efforts. And they, if I wasn't in the news, Richard Glover was in the news. If Richie wasn't really in the news, Willie Harper was in, 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 in the news. Or Jerry Taggy was in the news. We kept the news on us all the time because everybody was doing something all the time. And, and my team, whenever I ran a punt return back, those I have a, a, a highlight tape in it return, and we have every single block on that. And it's like I go down one, two, three, four. Five, and watching them come down, six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine. And then I got one of the linemen running at the very end, up the very goddamn end, he's running. Yeah, we got 10 blocks on one single play. That means everybody got a block. Right. That was the attitude uh, on the team that they worked that hard to make sure, and that was the name of the play, because I remember that I used to call Pummer Turn Left. And then I call Pummer turn right. And hell, I call left and right and I go the other way. So, I, <laughs> so we got out of that. So I just started going back to the huddle because I called the plays. Uh, they, I had a green light. Coach Savannah gave me the responsibility to decide which way we were going to go, what we we're going to do. And so it got to the point where I just went back to the huddle and said, we're all right. Everybody get a block. Ready? Break. And everybody go get a damn block. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you, if you didn't get a block, you would see it during film day on Monday of who didn't get a block. 
Right. And nobody wanted to be the one to point it out that they did or didn't make a contribution because you can't be a team of everybody's not making a contribution. Right. Johnny, do you have your trophy in your house somewhere or do they like? No, I just, it, it just left here. I, I keep my, I just came back from Sacramento uh, where I took it out there for an appearance and I came back and I housed my trophy at the Black, at the Black Plains Museum uh, because for Omaha Public Schools, we bring kids down every week uh, to for some type of a program down there so they can see the trophy. So I really keep it at the museum unless I use it for traveling whenever I go out of town or any event or a performance or a speaking engagement or something to that effect. Cool. That's that's awesome. So so touching on that, on the Heisman, is there actually a Heisman house or is that all just for fun? No, they do have a Heisman house that I've been to a couple of times where uh, they call things out in California. I've been there a couple of times where we do our commercials. And yeah, yeah. It's a, a house where we do Heisman commercials, so it's a Heisman house. Yeah. Do, you, do you share a bunk bed with Mike Rozier or what? Oh, no, we don't, we don't sleep together. Mike kind of, he kind of, he gets a little different when he's drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, that's a that's a nice nugget there. I guess um, <laughs> um, it is real. How about that? Yeah, it is. Real. We didn't really. We just thought that was for the commercial. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so you know, you obviously played in the late sixties, early seventies for the Cornhuskers, and I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on what has changed between like both kind of our on-field philosophy as well as any off-the-field maybe like NCAA rules and regulations that has, it's kind of changed the landscape of college football. Like Nebraska for three decades was the winningest program in the history of college football during that time. <laughs> so was there anything that changed on the field or off the field that kind of made us not winning as much? Well, I don't know where we've, uh, Went, uh, uh, went, went off uh, balance here, you know? I mean, it's, uh, it really comes in, in, in recruiting. It, it comes in, in, in the mindset that their coaches are actually giving to the players that they can do this and they can win, they can be a group. Uh, but the players have to really believe that you are helping them go to the next level. You know, I mean, it's like this, uh, it's the portal thing that they have going on here now where the guys are going and getting into the portal uh, because they are looking for another opportunity because they don't see the opportunities where, where they are right now. And, uh, and they ask me, oh, what is, is the portal good? Well, I remember when I was in school, when you had, a, um, and it's still the same right now, when you get a four-year scholarship, you get a four-year scholarship to come to the University of Nebraska. You don't have a four-year scholarship. You have four one-year agreements. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of that, that one year, they could fire you right then. They don't have to give you your food. <laughs> they could take the food away. So now they've given us the players the opportunity to go someplace else where they can get better food or they can get better opportunities because they didn't have that before. So it's fair for everybody to be able to do that because they, when you say that I'm going to take two or three years to build a program and the, the players that you're recruiting hear about that, they don't want to come there because their whole career is three, four years. Right. We don't have three or four years to get it together. When I came to the University of Nebraska, Bob Devaney told me that, that we had an opportunity that to, to be champions now. 
that he was going to recruit some of the best players all around the country. And if I came to University of Nebraska, we could win now. We could right. win champions now. And then my freshman year, we won the Big Eights Conference for the first time in years, right that year uh, in 69. So that really helped my, you know, going to Nebraska. And next year, we won our first national championship. The next year, we won our second. And we had a really good chance to three-peat, really good chance. We really should have three-peated. Uh, but we were in. We were really in the mix. Now, like I said, when we start, when we lost a couple of games, it was shocking uh, to us because he had did everything he could to recruit the best type of players, junior college players, black players, white players, and brought it all together at the right time with that mentality that we're going to win now. It wasn't about waiting for a few years or his everything's coming. When you get here, it's going to be on, and I'm going to bring enough players in, the right kind of player at the right time. And if you come here and you come here and you come here, we can win now. And we don't we don't say that. We're going to win in a couple of years. <laughs> right. <laughs> We go, we go, man. When the baby shows up or something, I, I don't know. <laughs> we got to start mentality right now. We're going to recruit the players and pull them together. They're not going to really want to think about leaving because the opportunities are here, not someplace else. They're not leaving because they believe the opportunities are here. They're leaving because they feel there's no opportunities here, and the opportunities are somewhere else. And they're going all over trying to find an opportunity when the opportunities are right here. They really should be right here all the time. And you're not going to do something to go against yourself. And if I went to another place um, because I thought I was going to have a better defense than we had with Richard Glover and Larry Jacobson leading our deal, I mean, I'd have been crazy. That, that's <laughs> that's and, where I had the most opportunity. So because especially on like on special teams, special teams is a third of the game. You have offense, defense, and special teams. And we took our best players just back in the day. They used to have whoever didn't get to play first team, they they got to be on the special teams. You took the guys off offense and you give the guys off defense, and they didn't they couldn't make first team or second team, so they got to be on the special team. Well, we took our best players on offense and our best players on defense, and we put them all together, and we call that our special team. <laughs> our special team, their job was to get good field position. And we're going to break it whenever we can. But the best, better, the field position that we could get every time, the closer we were to the ball, the, the, the goal, and the easier it was for us to score. And that was our job on special teams. But we had our best players. And, and that it was just to make sure that we got, you know, we got good field position so we could score, whether it was a touchdown or we were going to score a field goals. Uh, but we were scoring. <laughs> and, Johnny, uh, you know, about the transfer portal here, uh, do you think it reflects badly on the player or the coach who might be saying stuff that isn't promised and then or do you think it's a it's a bad look for anyone or is it just the nature of for today? Well, I think it's really it because you should have the freedom to do it. You should have that freedom. That's called freedom. Freedom of choice. Everybody has that. You can't make anybody do it. Have freedom of choice. But because you could fire me anytime you want to, and I can fire you anytime I want to, then that means things are not working when that's happening. So there, there are problems uh, because guys shouldn't really be uh, trying to get away from a team. When I, I've seen guys notice on, the, on our University of Nebraska, there's, there's been guys that have been walk-ons that got scholarships that went into the portal. Now, yeah. A walk-on's biggest dream is to get a scholarship. Yeah. 
Now, if you've got your biggest dream and you got a scholarship, what is making you so happy that you're that you want to go somewhere else where you might not even get a scholarship, but you might be as good as in the program? So, right. so wrong with that situation. Uh, uh, period that the guys really want to do that and you can't really win if you're not a unit and your unit keeps breaking down how can you build a team uh, with new people coming in all the time you got to you got to get to a point where we start working together playing together and knowing each other and, and we really want to live or die and win or lose together so so johnny you talked about when you played your special team yeah the first team defense the first team offense Sounds like you guys took a lot of pride in special teams. <laughs> well, I didn't win. The, I wasn't really the – I was the first wide receiver to win the Heisman, but really I was the first all-purpose player. Yeah, right. Because I played multiple positions, and that was one of – because I didn't really get the ball 30 times uh, as a running back or 20, 20 catches or whatever, I had to get uh, a couple plays here, a couple plays there. A uh, wing back, a uh, running back, a uh, quarterback, a uh, punt returns and kickoffs. Had to do a lot of different things here, <laughs> and so we, we we took a lot of pride in, in special teams because, like I said, that's a whole third of the game, whole third of the game. And if you don't do that, but if you get yourself in a good field position all because of the special teams, then you're going to make your your you're going to make your scoring a little bit better because you're there to score, and you help your life is so much up. easier. And so. so with you saying it, it's the th- a third of the game, do you think the current staff needs to take a little bit more focus on it? Because we're losing games by a matter of a couple points sometimes where if you know if you got a better field position or you know you made a field goal or, or made the block at the right time or maybe had 10 guys blocking for, for the punt returner to go make a move left or right. Well, fellas, I don't think you guys are, are reading the papers or reading the information. We don't even have a special teams coach. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't even have a coach, I don't know how serious we're taking it at all. Right. <laughs> I think we have an analysis, a guy that does the analysis, uh, what they're going to give analysis on versus the coaching. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Well, that's the thing. Like, we do read these things, and we see that special teams for the past four years, we'll say, has not been emphasized, and we're we wonder to ourselves: Are we crazy for for thinking that this regime hasn't prioritized it? So we we like to just ask these questions just just to see if we're if we're crazy. If you're on the same page as us, we we have we have negative yards on special special. <laughs> We've had a backwards punt. We, we don't have no yards on special teams. I don't even know how that happens, but <laughs> you look it up. Uh, I read an article the other day that said we're negative yards on special team. That means we get nada. <laughs> well, you you did less than nada. Less than nada. Less than nada. How can you make an effort and do less than nothing? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I, I had to ask you a special teams question. So we're all on the same page. <laughs> yes, yeah, we are. Right. Okay. And the thing right. is, is, is like week in and week out, we emphasize special teams. We're always talking about it. And then it's like, hey, we're just like four dudes sitting on a couch with a podcast. Like, tell me why these people at the University of Nebraska making hundreds just, of thousands 
millions no it just it just doesn't seem like it gets prioritized and we just we feel like we're just crazy sitting over here well they might be making too much money they but they need to make them work for food and then maybe they'll feel feel an urgency then we make some changes (laughs) it makes you serious you know all right they got got too much food they're overeating they're overeating (laughs) you got gas so uh, just the athletic department as a whole now, uh, I know you obviously you grew up in the, the Big 8 and the Big 12, and, and then Nebraska jumped ship. Uh, how do you feel about the Big 10, and do you wish the move had ever happened? Well, I think the Big 10 is a real tough conference, and I have a lot of respect for the Big 10. They, they, they really do bring it. But uh, I think – and and the thing is, is that we want to win – more or do we want to make money because losing we're still making money all right and so they're making they're making money but they're not really winning one thing i never played in a game while i was at the university of nebraska where we didn't have at least twenty-five thousand of our fans that were actually attending the games when we jumped from the from the from the big eight to the big 12 to the big 10 we left all the opportunities for our fans to go to the games to drive to the games. We used to be able to drive to Kansas. They used to be able to drive to Kansas State. They could drive to Missouri. Uh, they could drive to Oklahoma. They could drive to Colorado. We could always be part of the deal. We were that 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 12th man uh, in right. the game because our fans could go along. But now because of the Big Ten that we're in, we can't take those people to all those different places to really get involved with the program. But we still make money. Right. Yep. We don't have fans. We don't win, but we make money. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Yay, fun. And <laughs> money uh, trumps all, I guess. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, 50, not, 50 million not big me, 10. Not me. I don't really care as much about money as I care about winning. Winning should be able to bring more money. But the only problem is, is when you start winning, people expect you to win. And so if you don't, they, they put the pressure on you all the time. And that's what we're out of. We're, with that expectation of winning, uh, you keep people going along, coming along, and they stick, stick, stick with you. Yeah, and that—that's what we're doing with that expectation. We haven't been prominent since 2000, fellas. That's the, right. that's that's uh, 21 years uh, now. That's been going on. That we've been getting. We're going to win in the next two years. We're going to win in the next three years. We're going to win. Win is win is coming. It just ain't came yet. But it's all about now. We got to get out of this futuristic stuff and start thinking about reality. And reality is what is happening now. Yeah. And that's something that like, I don't think a whole lot of people think about like as fans, especially uh, myself, I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, you know, two, three years to build the program. But now I'm thinking to myself after you've been mentioning it, like, wait a minute, the players are like two to three years. Like I don't that's have a that. career. That's my yeah, whole yeah. career. Yeah. I, can't I don't want to be a building block. I want to be the one hoisting stuff. Right. right? That, that's why they're getting in the portal and leaving. So they get trying to get to some place where they can have an opportunity to win now. Exactly. The skills now. Everything is about now because in a couple of years, or just like in a couple, because they can they can go into the pros as a junior, somewhere in any time. Yeah. But they got to get in a position to be able to do that. So you can't have spend your t- career preparing for something after you're gone. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of sense does that make? Exactly. You know, they're going to do really great after I'm gone, and I'm not going to get to go to the pros because I didn't have to have a team. Right. 
I don't know the, best, the best player that we didn't have the right mindset because we weren't we were thinking about building. We weren't thinking about winning. One quick question before one of our last here. Do you think the wishbone would still work in today's day and age? I think the wishbone would pretty much still work, but we're getting faster guys on our defense uh, too. I have a lot more faith in the pro and the spread. You get to move the ball down the field a little bit quicker on the bombs. You know, you got plenty. You know, I don't. I don't believe that anybody can cover anybody one on one. Period. Right. And if you if you're being trained correctly like we were, you can read defenses. So when you got into cover two or cover three or one, when the ball is snapped, everybody's running to their positions to their, their responsibilities. Well. When you understand what they're trying to do, hell, you just do opposite. There's holes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they have a, they run in a zone. You can you, there's no way you can cover a zone. Right. So, and we're having the pro and the spread. You're gonna have opportunities to pass uh, as long as you have a line that can hold. You're gonna have opportunities to, to, to actually to move the ball. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious because I know like one of the big concerns is like you know quarterbacks getting beat up real bad. Uh, you know, back in the day, like in the wishbone. But nowadays, I'm like, well. Hell, our quarterback's getting worked every day anyway, so it's like you might as well try it. But, yeah, that's just – Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a good point, though, because he is. Because they yeah. talk about how bad our quarterbacks are. It's not a, a quarterback. It's our, it's our protection. Yeah. It's, if you're, you're scampering back there and you're, you just, you're running for your life all the time, it's hard to run forward when they're keeping you running backwards. Right? Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, my last question for you here today, um, what do you think the definition of a successful season this year looks like? Like, what is it? Like, what, what do we need to do for just a successful season? Go to a bowl game. Bowl okay. game. Yeah, go to a bowl game. That means we're going in the right direction. We haven't been able to do that for the last three, four years. We need to go to a bowl game. And that's really not much. We really need to be winning 19 games. Yeah, uh, if we to win, go to a bowl game, it's only six games. We can't do that. We haven't made any progress. We're just right where we're, we're standing still, or, or going backwards. Because our program, we need to go to a bowl game every single year, for the type of reputation that we've established with the seventies, eighties, and the nineties. Uh, that we should be able to go to a bowl game every single year because we should be able to attract that talent. Uh, but I'm seeing the talent leave rather than come in, and yeah. so we probably won't get to a bowl game. But we need to at least get to a bowl game is a, a, a signpost that we're going in the right direction because we've only got the, uh, what is it? Um, what did we say? 12 games? Yeah. 12, 12 games. games. 12 three years. That, yeah. won't take, that won't take you to a bowl game. No, <laughs> no, it will not. <laughs> After take it to, well, you could go to the toilet bowl game. <laughs> That's where we live. We've been, we've been living in the toilet bowl. <laughs> <laughs> splash around a while. <laughs> now I have me. I have the same opinion as you. Bowl game is my canned answer. Every time someone asks me what I want from this team, are you of the opinion that there is enough talent on this team to win not eight or nine games this year? Is there enough talent on this current roster that they should win eight or nine? I think that we, like I said, we have not just human beings, we have humans becoming. I think that with the right mindset that anybody could win with whoever they got, because everybody just is capable of the next guy. You just got to want to. Okay. You yep. just got to want to. And people have to really put into you that you can, that you can, and you can do it now. But the expectations are for you now, you know, not, not later. It's all about now. And if you can do this now, then there's going to be benefits for you now. You know, not later. 
It's not right. about waiting, and we have to perform now, and we have to do it for each other. It's for each other and for yourself. You got to want to be the best you that you can be. And somebody got to really show you how you can be the best that you can be, really be now and explain to you the benefits about now, explain to you all the rewards that come with right now and the people that you're letting down if you don't perform now. It's all about now and it's about us as a team. Teamwork, teamwork, working together for, for, for the people. And there's no way in the world you can do that if you're thinking about leaving, going someplace else. You got to think, how can I be a better part of now, here, now? Right. These guys that I got, these are my guys. You guys are, you guys, are, what are you, you, uh, what's the guy in the black's name? Kyle. Kyle, if you get, don't, you get mad, what, you going to get in the portal and go to another podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would take him. Yeah. There's, yeah, not, enough, there's not enough he podcasts can, for people, right? <laughs> you can do it. He can go on his own. He can, <laughs> he can get a group of retards. We got the retard podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't be trying to jump ship. You got to get together like you guys and say, how can we get more talent on our show now? How can we get the topics now? How can we come up with now? What do I have to read? What do I have to do? What kind of condition do I have to do? What type of meals do I have to eat? What kind of exercising program do I have to do so I can make a contribution to my team and my group and my city and my state, my school right now? Right now. Man, you got me wanting to run through a wall, Johnny. I'm, like, I'm pumped up. <laughs> Hey, speaking of right now, uh, I just wanted to ask you kind of what you're up to. I know you just recently wrote a book called 10 Minutes of Insanity. Um, without giving away too much, because I know you probably want people to buy the darn thing. Everybody go buy it. Go Everybody buy, buy it. that book. Um, just kind of give us like the overarching theme, the, the general takeaway you want readers to take away from your book that you just released. Well, the book is about things that we're talking about right now. When I was in college, you know, I came to, to college with a lot of different uh, hopes from the band. He told me he was going to go out and recruit more African-Americans than anybody else in history, and we're going to let them play, and what a big part that I could play. And I got there, and I played a big part. We were so successful my my uh, freshman year that we were really cocky. We had all these good players coming. We had the junior college people coming. Uh, a lot of things were going on, and I got a little cocky, and I went out, and one night we're getting drunk, and I, I, we robbed a gas station just for the hell of it, just for the, just for the thrill of it. Let's think of something stupid to do. I figured if you guys got together, y'all can think of something real stupid to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we had the real stupid things to do, too. Well, in uh, doing that, I had this whole dream my whole life that I wanted to make $100,000. Uh, from the time that I was 11, I didn't even know what $100,000 was. But I wanted to make, it was the most money I'd ever heard of in my life, and I wanted to make $100,000. <laughs> so I, I told Devaney that I wanted to make that $100,000, and he told me that if I came to University of Nebraska, that he would give me a scholarship in football and a scholarship in, in, in um, baseball. And so because I got drafted to the Dodgers out of high school. And so if I put those two sports together, that I would have an opportunity upon graduation or somewhere down there that I could make that $100,000. Well, I, uh, I said, great, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll take the deal. Well, halfway into that, uh, we got in and he came to me and he told me, well, really what happened was uh, we got the, uh, the incident with the gas station and I come in 
and I make a great year. We, they didn't even hit me a book with the deal on the gas station until a year after it actually happened. So my sophomore year, I make uh, all big eight my my sophomore year, and a year after that, uh, they uh, they came to my door and wanted to know about the the, the gas station. So I had some problems. My hundred thousand dollars is up in smoke. There's no way in the world I was going to be able to make a hundred thousand dollars. And then they uh, uh, uh <laughs> tells me that they want me to to give up playing uh, baseball. I said, coach, I mean, this is a year or so after that. I said, you gave me a promise that, you know, that I'm trying to get $100,000. that if I could, uh, uh, you know, draft to the dollar, I got to play baseball. He told me that if I gave up baseball willingly, that I would be the first one that they endorsed for the Heisman. So I actually took that deal. But in the meantime, I got kicked out of school. I got kicked off the team. Uh, I went from being uh, 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 um, from the Hall of Fame to the Hall of Shame. And when I came back to, to was able to get back onto the team, I was working from a deficit. I was working at a deficit because I had to get myself better. Now I had to, I had to, to, to get back into to make my reputation good now. And upon doing that, a lot of my players, when I'm running stadium stairs after the practices, well, they seen the type of things that I was doing and it caught on and they became time that they wanted to do that too. And so I'm out there after practice. So they're after after practice. So we got special teams after practice. We got puns after practice. Everything's really going on and we get into a more depth because I got to get myself back up to par where I can make this hundred thousand dollars. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so, and we're starting to win games. And like I said, they told me that if I, um, Gave up baseball, um, you know, and baseball was very my, was my first uh, sport. You know, I got drafted to the Dodgers right out of high school, uh, and I but I chose to come there because I went to camp and they offered me twenty five thousand dollars. So I had twenty five thousand a year, seventy five thousand. I really wasn't very smart, but I didn't figure that was a hundred yet. So I thought I'd really <laughs> <laughs> uh, get going on my deal. Well, I get draft, I get uh, uh, win the Heisman. And uh, I go to San Diego Chargers, and I make the team, and they offer me fifty thousand. Yeah, fifty thousand a year, three years—that's one hundred fifty. So I'm over the deal, but I'm still not getting a hundred thousand dollars. So, well, I um, I come back, uh, and I, I I make an appointment to, to go to Montreal because Montreal had my uh, my rights. All right. So I pursued that and I get off the plane and the owner of the team, he asked me, he said, what is it going to take for you to come to the university, uh, to come to Montreal and play for the Alouettes? And I told him a hundred thousand dollars. And he said, okay. And I finally, after all <laughs> years, I got my hundred thousand dollars. Then a remarkable thing happened. And I don't know how it came because I, I finally got that hundred thousand after that 10, 12 years. Somebody said, heard, I heard somebody talk about a million. I said, well, what is a million dollars? They said, well, a million dollars is 10 times 100,000. <laughs> no, shit. <laughs> they said, yeah. So I said, damn. So I got to thinking about how I could get a million dollars, and I put together a plan and talked to Alouette. Uh, next year, I became the first million-dollar player to, to, to play in the Canadian Football League and anywhere to actually get a million-dollar contract. And it was because of all the perseverance 
and the time that I went through to, from that 10 minutes of insanity that got me tenaciously trying to get together to do things now. It was all about now. I got to work hard now. I got to get my, if I don't get a college degree, I got to get now. I got, I got to get this now. And that's what the thing is about perseverance and about the importance of doing things now. And like I said, it's not that we're human beings, we're humans becoming. You got to go within or you got to go without. <laughs> And we're right now, we're just not going as a team, we're not going in. We are going without. And we right. have to put in our the importance of doing it now. And everybody's got to go through the thing like they're done lost it because we have lost it. We didn't put we didn't put money ahead of winning. Because we're getting paid now. The university's still rich now. All those things are happening now for, for them. But right. we're not winning for the fans. And as individuals, the players are not getting their gratification because they're not putting the stuff on the scoreboard now. And yes. it's all about now. This is reality. It's a new concept out there, and they call it reality. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now. You know, it's now. Yeah. You got to you know, go for it. You know, it's just about the gusto. You never get a second chance to make that first impression. You better go on and do it now. You got to be a little bit daring to do it, and you don't need to be in trouble to do it. Uh, but because I took my my troubles, I took a lemon and made lemonade. Uh, but I knew, I realized that I had to do it now. I only had a couple of years to really get it done, and they're in that same situation now. And uh, they're going to be backwards if they don't get it together now. All, all those guys that have careers at the University of Nebraska are not going to get recognized because. It's like the game of the century we played with. We had more people watch that game than any other game in the history of college football at that time. Uh, that was the biggest game ever. This game on uh, that we're playing against Oklahoma this year, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Ain't nobody going to see it. Right. <laughs> yeah. West Coast people ain't going to see it. Ain't going to see it. Ain't nobody getting up that early in the morning to watch no football game for teams that are not winning. <clears throat> so the guys that are on the team are not going to get exposure. Right. You don't get exposure, then you're not going to get TV time. Then you're not going to really get – no one's going to know your name. Scouts are not going to see you. And there's other guys that are playing in the, in the afternoon and in the evening and night games that they're going to get priority over you. And, and you could be better as an individual, but not as a team. But if your team is doing well, you're going to be in prime time. And if you showcase your skill during prime time, then you're going to get a contract now. Right now. In fact, you might get it early. You won't have to get it early. You're going to get it now. You got to get it early. You're going to, early. You're going to, you're going to bring you out of school early. <laughs> hey, Johnny, um, we just want to thank you for, you know, it was great hearing your heart on some of these uh, topics on Nebraska football. And we just want to thank you for taking the time out to talk with us. We really appreciate You're it. You're very welcome, fellas. Yeah, really thanks so much, Johnny. I appreciate it. Make a difference as a team. I'm really glad to see there's a group of you together and understand the, the power of teamwork. You know, yes. because anything you can do by yourself ain't big enough. Guys, uh, you guys know the drill. Follow us on Twitter at NBNR Podcast. Follow us. Like everything that we put on there. Retweet all that stuff. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. We are anywhere you get your podcasts. So please give us a listen, and we're going to sign off. This is one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. I'm Eric Morrow. And as always, GBR. <laughs>